Hello. Hello, and welcome to another James Bond podcast. On this podcast, we will be watching and lightheartedly reviewing the Bond films. We're going to discuss the good stuff, the bad stuff, the cool stuff, and the ridiculous stuff. I'm Corey, and I'm a James Bond fan. I'm Danielle, and I'm aware that James Bond is a thing. We'd just like to take a moment before we get started to thank everyone who listened to our first episode. We worked really hard on it, and we really appreciate everyone who took the time to listen to us. Thank you so much. Tonight's synopsis is brought to you by Wikipedia, so we'll be breaking down the movie section by section and reviewing our ideas and our thoughts on what we saw. Let's get started. Today we're going to cover From Russia With Love, the second installment of the James Bond film series. So seeking revenge against James Bond for the death of their agent, Dr. No in Jamaica, international criminal organization, Spectre, begins training agents to kill him. Irish assassin Donald Red Grant proves himself by quickly killing a Bond imposter with a garrote concealed in his wristwatch. I heard loons. You heard loons? Yeah. When? Uh, the first thing you hear it's the darkness of night and you hear loons and I'm like I thought that was a Canadian thing I like thought loons the commercial, were commercial didn't they have a commercial where it was a loon crying no because it's a part of our heritage oh yeah Canadian heritage moment yeah. right yeah I thought they were only in, in Canada so loons yeah maybe it was another type of bird maybe Spectre Island is Sable Island maybe that was filmed in Canada hmm. I do know that everybody in the Bond community loves a little bit of sneaky Bond, uh, which you get to see here, sort of sneaking around in a tux, which is pretty cool. When they're sneaking around the garden, they keep panning back to the shoes. Yeah. So he has, like, really sneaky shoes sneaking around the garden. Did he, or did he have, like, leather, patent leather shoes? I did notice. They were sneaky shoes. Okay. Well, because I'm thinking that patent leather shoes with a hard compressed heel is probably not the best for sneaking. I think they were on grass, though. It was a garden. I think it was gravel. Maybe. The first thing I actually noticed is, great, I can't even remember who you see, but they're in the garden and you see dragon statues. I didn't notice that. And I was thinking those dragons would have been much better. The they actually tank? looked like dragons. Right, and the tank dragon? Yeah. yeah. So, Donald Red Grant, why was he red? Mm, I have no idea. Well, usually red would refer to someone who's a redhead, no? Red, green, red foreman. Well, he had red hair. I guess, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I thought Mr. Red Grant, which I did not realize was Irish until I read this synopsis. Yeah, I had no idea. Um... And I'm not even sure how they get that. But anyway, I thought he looked like Rocky Horror from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's this blonde. I vaguely of... remember Rocky Horror. Very, very, very vaguely. Yeah. yeah. He reminded me of that. Did like the groat wire in um, in the uh, in Red Grant's watch? As very, I guess I was gonna call it a Bond gadget, but I guess it's an anti-Bond gadget because. Well, oh god, no. let's not go there again. Uh, but I thought it was like an anti-Bond gadget because he like you know chokes out fake Bond with it. I didn't realize it was fake Bond, but at one point he's coming around a bush, and I was thinking he looks really pale, like very made up. Yep. He has a lot of makeup, and then after he chokes him out, you can clearly see it's a mask once he's on the ground, and then they pull it off. It's a little bit sad that he actually killed the guy. Yeah. Well, they, they use live ammunition on the training thing later on, right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be on the losing end of that battle. Exactly. When the lights kick on and they yeah. show that building and all the Spectre agents were there, all I could think of was um, in Archer, the the episode where I think it's called The Rock, the, the Rock episode of Archer. The lights click on and there's all these agents uh, from Odin there and yeah. they're all wearing turtlenecks, which all the guys from Spectre were. So I just thought of tactile necks and it was like, oh, those dicks from Odin. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, that's the first thing I thought of, which is like Archer is definitely Bond related. It was such a direct tribute to From Russia with Love. I thought it was crazy. Freaking Odin. I can't believe this. How many are there? About a jillion. Damn it. A jillion gay little copycats. What? I mean, I didn't invent the turtleneck, Lana, but I was the first to recognize its potential as a tactical garment. Uh, a tactical turtleneck, Lana. Archer. The tactile neck. I was very confused through a lot of this movie, <laughs> but that part kind of confused me when, see, it's not actually Bond, it's a mask, they pull it off, lights come on, and there's a whole bunch of people, and I was just thinking, what the hell is happening yeah. right now? And then I realized it was some training to see how you could possibly assassinate Bond. 
my question. Would you just kill him or would you assassinate him? Just fucking kill him. Get it done. No, but I mean, (laughs) what, when someone dies, what makes it an assassination versus a kill? I think they have to be president. I'm not sure. I thought, like, you have to be an important person to be assassinated. Clearly, if I died, it would be an assassination. Perhaps. Pretty sure. My only question is, when they pull Sean's mask off, or the fake Sean, the fake Bond mask, are they using Sean Connery's real hairpiece for authenticity on the mask? Just glued it on. Just glued it on. Like, oh, we're going to borrow this for a bit. We'll give it back in 20 minutes. Hairpieces that look natural are pretty expensive, so I'm thinking no, unless he had several. Maybe. Spectre's chief planner, Czech chess master Kronstein, also known as number five, devises a plan to play British and Soviet intelligence against each other to procure a lector cryptography device from the Soviet and lure Bond to his assassination. Spectre's chief executive, number one, puts Rosa Klebb, number three, a former Smirsh colonel in charge of the mission. Kleb chooses Grant to protect Bond until he acquires the Lecter, then eliminate 007 and steal the machine for Spectre, to be eventually sold back to its legitimate owner. Kleb also recruits Tatiana Romanova, a cipher clerk at the Soviet consulate in Istanbul, who believes Kleb is still working for Smirsh. My first question is, who is the poor unfortunate soul that is number two? Does number two work for? Who does number two work for? So you had number one, three, and five. Yeah. Maybe Dr. No was number two. You get the poop name. But I'm I'm assuming that if he was killed, then it kind of moves the numbers up. So if you were number three, you move up to number two. No, oh, maybe. Yeah. So we open up on a chess game here. Kronstein, the Russian Bobby Fischer. It's so quiet. It felt like when you're watching the putting part of golf, when everyone is super silent. And part of me was thinking how it would change the game if all of a sudden you started blasting some queen or eye of the tiger. So they're super focused on the moment of their next move on the chess game and then eye of the tiger sort of starts blaring up in the background. Yeah, maybe. It would be a funner atmosphere. I bet more people would go watch chess games. The only song I can think of that would fit would be Knights in White Satin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most dour chess game ever. Super downer. Nights in white satin, never reaching the end. I like that Kronstein is drinking, seems to be drinking uh, Spectre branded chess water. <laughs> the little napkin with the You've Been Summoned. Yeah, make a good uh, make a good advert for sure. So he gets summoned by Spectre. Then we move on to what I can only assume is a boat because the shot is wobbling up and down. Blofeld's boaty layer, yeah. To show us that it's very well, I guess it would have been calm water. It wasn't moving very quickly. No. But a little off-putting to watch. A they could have just showed the boat and then the interior of the boat. And then you would have known. Also off-putting some fish flotation with the fighting fish. Yeah. And then the kitty ate the fish. Yeah, Mr. Bigglesworth uh, eats the losing fish. Our own cat would take 20 minutes to decide whether or not he's even going to sniff it or lick that that fish. So Mr. Bigglesworth was pretty quick. It's the circle of life. Perhaps, yeah. So we've got number one, three, and five there, as well as the kitty cat. Can we just take a second about the kitty cat? Yeah, of course. Um, Always. (laughs) Blofeld is the worst cat owner because he doesn't know how to work the ears. Like pet him properly? Yeah, like around the neck, sure. But like if you want to win a cat's love, go for the ears. Or a dog's love, or I assume a bear's love. Rub the ears. They love it. I don't really want to test that out with a bear, but... Yeah, I would. Uh, I know that cat is pretty cuddly. That's true. stays there the whole time. It's probably sedated. Might. Sorry, you were saying? Just the... the I, again, this movie was very confusing in a lot of parts to me. So they had this super villain conversation about acquiring some machine and then double-crossing some people. So it was a little bit lost on me what exactly was going on. Like, you got the gist of it, but through the movie, the details are just completely lost on me. And there were so many characters, I could not remember anyone's name. Yeah, the whole stealing a cipher, selling a back thing, I, that was kind of lost on me too. But whatever. The synopsis helped. 
I kept referring to Cleb as Meredith because she reminded me of Meredith from The Office. Frau from Austin Powers. Yes, that also. <laughs> Which is obviously the basis for Frau. Obviously, yeah. yeah. She's pretty intense. Definitely. Spectre Island is fun. The training facility? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the 60s pointy bikini, That's I'm a big fan of that. That's always really fun. Um, You're a fan of the 60s pointy bikini? Yeah. When have you ever put one on? Uh, that's not a thing for me. And it would be great to have a, a rub down by the lake by 60s pointy bra chick. I would have to agree with that. Right now, being sort of the dead of winter with freezing rain coming down, I could totally lie by a warm lake somewhere in the sun. That would be yeah. nice. I'd go for it. The head of Spectre Island looks a little bit like uh, early Marlon Brando-esque in his motorcycle jacket and matching motorcycle boots. I have zero recollection of this Yeah, it was a little intense. But we get to walk through Spectre Island's training, and they mention live ammunition, which is also kind of intense, like the choking scene from the start. We get to see the flamethrowers, and I know how you love flamethrowers. Yes, uh, I can see in my everyday life Maybe once or twice a week how a flamethrower would come in handy. I think so. When you just want to hurt someone, but you don't actually want to get close to them. <laughs> it's sort of up close and personal, but not too up close and personal. Disclaimer, I don't actually want to set people on fire, but sometimes the idea of it makes me uh, makes my day go by a little bit faster. Disclaimer, I'm a little foggier on that notion. <laughs> on the notion that you don't want to? Yeah, let's, let's just move on. Uh, Captain Grant is, uh, and I call him Captain because of Jaws, totally, totally forgot oh, yeah, that notion. That the captain <clears throat> from Jaws. You all know me. Know how I earn a living. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. He did not age well. Not so much, no. Uh, he gets sized up by Cleb, or Frau, if you want to call her, and is punched with some brass knuckles. I don't really feel like that would have felt great. No, but also she was... I can't remember exactly what she said, but let's size him up or let's test him out. Yeah. And the one thing she did was punch him. She punched him in the stomach with a pair of brass knuckles. Kick him in the nuts. And then decided he was strong enough. Just kick him in the nuts and see how quickly he recovers. Do you know how many times Houdini was punched in the stomach before it killed him? A lot of times. I honestly thought you were going to say kicked in the nuts. <laughs> no. Well, he probably was kicked in the nuts yeah. at some point. But I'm pretty sure that's what he died of. He just wasn't prepared for the punch. He didn't flex. Hmm. And a kid punched him in the gut and ruptured something. Really? I might be making this up, but I think that's how he died. We will check back and post on our Instagram. Yeah. But I do like that Cleb is told that he, uh, Cleb tells Grant that he ships out in 24 hours, which means he gets like a whole extra day with the uh, pointed bikini lady, which is awesome. It's good for him. I feel like you focused on the wrong things here. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty cool with it. Okay. It's fine. That's fair. Next, we see, we meet Tatiana Romanoff or uh, Tatiana. Tatiana. But they refer to she gets called Tanya. Tanya at some yeah. point, which I do in my notes. Yeah. She asks her some inappropriate questions, and she gets really riled up. Like, how many lovers have you had? And it's like you're going to get into this much much worse, and I'm worried for her if she can't handle that simple question. Cheer up, it gets a lot worse. If HR got wind of this interview, <laughs> Cleb would have been fired. You can't. Ask ask those questions i'm sure even in the 60s some of that was inappropriate and i'm really sure that that amount of touching is not what you should have in an interview maybe Mo not most of the interviews i had involved no touching beyond a handshake yeah but were you being interviewed for specter i was not fair and hr was present <laughs> specter hr boundaries club wonder, wonder how that goes but my last question before we move on or my only question is do russians really roll their r's that much i don't think so um, french people sometimes do depending where they're from i didn't want to go there mm. no it's true because... i don't roll my r's but some some places do in london m informs bond that romanova has contacted station t in turkey offering to defect with a top secret lector on the condition that bond handle her case m decides the chance of obtaining a lector is worth the risk and Q gives Bon an attaché case with concealed throwing knife, gold sovereigns, and a tear gas booby trap, and an Arma light AR-7 sniper rifle. So finally, we see Q. Yeah, we see Q, yeah. It's been a while. Actual Q. No, it hasn't been a while. It's only been one film, but it's been a while since... Yeah. It was a really long wait, because he's awesome. True. Yeah. I think Q is probably the person I connect with the most through the movies. 
Why? Because he's really serious and doesn't stand for any shenanigans. Makes me sound a little bit like a wet blanket, but mm. I can really connect with that. Yeah, Money Penny calls Bond while he's at the lake or the river or whatever with Sylvia Trench, which is nice to see a Bond woman sort of show up in more than one film. They had a second date. Yeah, exactly. Money Penny though is looking hot as she hell. She was super sexy. Looks yeah. really. I think this might be uh, Money Penny at her best. I maybe. really, yeah, I agree. She did look really. Yeah, good. she's pretty, uh, and I honestly think she looked better than Sylvia. So Bond is trying to be suave and treat Sylvia Trench just some foot wine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was that wine? It looked like hooch. Well, I don't know. I thought it was wine. But yeah, I thought uh, it was just weird. He's cooling at the river, then he touches it to his foot. Like, in the food industry, we use our wrists or forearm, inside forearm. But no, Bondus uses his foot. Pretty weird. But he's he has the wine or whatever it is in the river yep. to try and cool it off and I think yep. the rope is between his toes that's how he's holding it in place I don't care just the notion of feet and wine you don't want foot wine well I mean that's how they crush that's the that's how they crush yeah Ugh, still Sylvia sounds there's no better way to put this but less trenchy in this film <laughs> she a little bit more natural yeah a little bit more natural a little less put on there's no uh, eyebrow seduction happening in yeah, this one yeah her eyebrows are way more tame yeah, yeah. Her eyebrow action. Or She's already won him. There's no need to get the brow involved. <laughs> but yeah, I like how he's like, oh, slaps her hand. He's like, sure, sure, to the office. It's like, chill out, man. Just chill out. He's just like slapping people. Yeah, and Money Penny, I like that she sort of suggests that he spends more time with Sylvia, and Sylvia adorably claps her hands at the notion of an, of an extra hour and a half versus just the hour that Bond was going to give her. I yeah. thought that was funny. He was excited about it. Then they, Bond gets to the office. He starts his whole flirtation thing, but quickly notices that M is actually in yeah. the room. Yeah, so yeah. that shuts him up pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick, yeah. <laughs> I'm also kind of wondering if he showered <laughs> between his what? sexual encounter with uh, Sylvia, and then he's like trying to chat up Money Penny like already. Oh, he probably rinsed off in the yeah, river. Maybe it makes sense. I do like we get some cue gadgets in the scene. We get uh, Bond's pager, which I'm pretty sure wasn't a thing in '62. Some cute gadgets. Cue gadgets. They were pretty cute. Well, whatever. The car phone must be early tech. I'm not entirely sure. Still, car phone. It's pretty cool. It wasn't that much smaller than actual car phones that I remember using. They were a briefcase size. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had like a bag or whatever. I had a friend who had one, and it was not small. Speaking of the briefcase, that's got some cool shit in it. The knife and the sovereigns. Well, the sovereigns is kind of weird, but... You know. I, I did Google it, but it's basically a gold coin. Mm. So I think it was an old type of coin, but made with gold, so it's worth a lot more. Oh, because you wouldn't use it at the arcade or... You could, but it would be a waste of money because a sovereign in today's money is worth $380. Holy shit. And he had 25 Uh, 50 Yeah. Lots of money. I can't do the math on that, but that's a lot. That's much, yeah. Buy you two or three ice creams. Big, big ice creams. <laughs> I do like that uh, Q talks to Bond like he's a total asshat, which sort of sets the stage for going forward. He shows him how to use the catches on the briefcase. It's like... I just fucking watched you do this. Any idiot could do this, but he's like, Now you try it. Mm. Turn the catches like that. That's right. And open ordinarily. You got it? Yes, I think so. All right, now you try. <laughs> like... I just love Cube. <laughs> I just, I can't help it. I just love him. Yeah, I mean, it sets the it sets the sort of the theme for their relationship going forward, like right up until the '90s, and it's it's perfect. Uh, Bond's I... suit in this is really snazzy. I, I don't really remember the suit. I think he had like a dark suit that was pretty um, tailored. I I did really like the look of it. I don't remember the suit. I just remember Bond being sort of talked down to by Q, which I also love. In Istanbul, Bond meets a station head, Ali Karim Bey, tailed by Bulgarian agents working for Russia, who are themselves tailed by Grant. He kills one agent and dumps their car outside the Soviet consulate. The Soviets bomb Karim's office with a limpet mine, but he is away from his desk with his mistress. He and Bond spy on a Soviet consulate meeting through a periscope in the aqueducts and learn that Soviet agent Kurlenku is responsible for bomb for the bombing. Karim and Bond lay low at a rural gypsy settlement where Kurlenku attacks them 
with a band of Bulgarians. Bond is saved by a sniper shot from Grant. Bond and Kareem track down Kulenku and Kareem kills him with Bond's rifle. How confusing was that? When was it mentioned that they were Bulgarian? I, I don't even remember that bit. Again, very confused by most of this. I'm starting to wonder if we watched this. We did. <laughs> yeah. If I slept through anything, it was no more than five minutes. Uh, I like when you cut back to the airport. Uh, I feel like Jack Houston from uh, Boardwalk Empire, he played the sniper. That's what that guy's getup was. So just the first thing I thought of was the sniper from Boardwalk Empire. Anyways. The mustachioed parade gentleman? Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, Stanley Tucci. Not me at all. That's your problem. Mm. They cut to Bay's place. That's what I'm just going to call it. It's just funny <clears throat> to call it Bay, though, because it sounds... Well, that's his last name. I understand, but it sounds like you're talking about your girlfriend. I don't use those terms. Bay. I don't know what you call your girlfriend. Woke, boo, none of that crap. No modern stuff. On fleek? Definitely not on fleek. His mistress leaves, which is... I, I think a different mistress from later. Um, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. The bass seems pretty cool. He's a classy guy. He's pretty happy. He's got a great suit. He's always smiling. He has a few mistresses. That's fun, right? Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, he loves his sons. Does he pay them an allowance or does he pay them a salary? I honestly don't know. I think maybe he just gives them room and board. Maybe. I don't know. But he has many and he employs all of them. I think there's an allowance. Are we already at the Periscope? Because I want to talk about the Periscope. Well, I don't really know. I think we went to Bond's room first. Refresh my memory. Bond checks into his hotel. It's a fucking granny suite. There's no... Was, I noticed it was feminine. no way that is not a granny suite. Uh, he finds that it's bugged using one of Q's awesome bugging, bug detecting gadgets. Um, so he calls for room service. But to call for room service, he like does so in a cool manner in which he like throws the... He throws the phone down, holding the receiver, and puts his foot up on the bed. None of this rings a bell. It's ridiculous, but it still works, and it looks pretty cool. So he calls down and asks for a different room. Oh, and all they had was the bridal suite. All they had was the bridal suite, yeah. With the heart-shaped rotating bed. Exactly, yeah. At that point, they cut back to Bay, and he's at... Yeah, they, I'm they, every time you say it. They cut back to Bay's place, and his mistress is saying his name, apparently, but I thought she was saying something in a different language so i just figured she was saying come do me and he's like nah i'm reading the paper and she's like no come do me and he's like nah i'm reading the paper what is your fucking problem <laughs> go have sex with she the lady was being a little whiny though well still and you don't know what their story is well i maybe he's tired i don't honestly know a long day he but, just wants to read his paper but what he says is oh back to the salt mine they're like what the fuck is that about was he threatening her to send her back to the salt mine? No, he's basically saying it's a ton of work to go back to having sex with you. Like, it's poor him for having to put all this effort. There's an explosion, and uh, Bond and Bay go back to uh, go to the reservoirs to spy on the Russian embassy. Sorry, they're aqueducts? Aqueducts, I guess. I thought they were sewers. Well, it's, it's, I read somewhere there are reservoirs. Okay. No sewers, because there's no Ninja Turtles. There were a lot of rats and mice, though. Later, the explosion. They didn't see any clowns down there. No, no clowns. We all float down here. It's from It. I didn't see it. You are not cultured. It did kind of remind me of uh, MI6's sneaky underground layer in Skyfall, which I'm sure you don't remember. I do not. We will see it soon. That periscope. Not subtle. That periscope was not subtle at all. I nope. cannot understand how they didn't see it. I really want to see a floor view on the Russian embassy side of things. Their end of it. Yeah. How could they not see that? Like under a carpet or something? I I suspect if there was someone spying on us with a periscope, at some point we would notice it. I am not observant at all, and I feel like at some point I would notice it hmm. when I tripped on it or something. What do the floorboards look like? Like I'm wondering if it's like a circle cut and it's glued to the top of the periscope head. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's. But a periscope still has to come out. Well, that's what I mean. They're glued, like the floorboard would be cut in a circle and glued to the top of it. I don't know. It's pretty cool, but it's also pretty ridiculous. I would go with mostly ridiculous. Yeah. Basically, what we get from this scene is that Tanya has nice legs. I'll give you that. Okay. They take the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters, apparently, to <laughs> Gypsy Town. Oh, uh, again, completely lost. Why are they going to some Gypsy I, village? They said they were going to lay low. 
They have made a huge scene. Planning to lay low, maybe? Why couldn't they just lay low in their hotel room? Again, a wet blanket, but just... If you're going to lay low, just lay low. Gypsy fights. <laughs> so Kirlenko is planning to attack. Uh, he has the biggest walkie-talkie known to man. That's mustachioed um, Stanley. No, that's hair slicked back uh, dude that's... Mustachio blonde man. Yes. Crawl out of the mouth, buddy. Yes, that's okay. the guy, yeah, yeah. Belly dancers are super awkward when they're standing directly in front of your table, which you and I both have experienced. It's awful and you don't know where to look i think belly dancers are awesome but i do agree pretty much any performer when it kind of like dinner theater it gets really awkward when they get close because you're very scared that there's going to be some audience participation worst thing ever agreed yeah but in this case it was kind of cool to watch for sure the belly dancing i do really respect belly dancers are pretty awesome at what they do but these gypsies are not the same gypsies as we find in Snatch. Hello. So what's a heck of two roof lights? Uh, the Stanislaus frame furniture. And the uh, scarf cushions with the uh, mats and shack by cover. Yeah. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the party with the blue bag. I think the Snatch gypsies are, are they Irish? Yeah. I'm going to have to look up if Irish gypsy is an offensive term or they're okay being called gypsies. Gypos. Gypsies is okay. Gypos is the insulting. Oh, that's the offensive Yeah, one? yeah. Yeah. Guy Ritchie commented on the fact that he just kept calling them in the script Jippos the whole time, and he just did not know how that was going to go over. The lady fight was a little uncomfortable. Uh, Fico as... is very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. Yeah, I read somewhere that they trained for weeks and weeks for this fight. I wasn't overly <laughs> impressed about it. That's a bit weird. So when uh, Kurlenku's army is attacked... Uh, Bay is shot, but uses his bad arm to pick up the gun and transfer it to his good arm. So all hell breaks loose. He also works the blood capsule over time into his arm. Yes, he does. Super obvious. Very obvious. Yeah. But all hell breaks loose. Everyone's running around. Yep. Everyone's shooting from the hip. Yeah. Take a second to aim. James Wyatt Earp is shooting from the hip the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. The I, whole I time. that as yeah. well. I'm just a little concerned because there's a lot of animals there. There's horses and stuff, and everyone's just shooting. No animals were harmed during the filming of this film. It did not say that anyway. I, I, I didn't look either. Yeah. I was just worried about that part. Bond apparently gets to bed a couple of gypsy ladies. Uh, okay, so... They're yours now. I don't know if I misunderstood this part, but because he shot someone that shot what I think maybe their father or the father of one of them... I didn't even catch that part. I just thought the he fought. The guy owes I him a favor. I thought it was just because he fought well. No, I think it's because he shot someone who was about to shoot that guy. Okay. And he owes him a favor. And he says that, I think that's what he said, that he wanted to stop the girl fight. Yeah. Which I was like, that's actually really noble. Yep. But. Two seconds later, both of them are given to him as a gift for the night. <laughs> yeah, you decide. Which was. It totally ruined the moment. Like it, or it, it, instead, like he was just a gentleman. Instead of being like, no, no, people aren't objects. You cannot give them to me. But he I'll take them if you offer. <laughs> really enjoys the moment, and it completely. They apparently those ladies were no longer fighting. And they weren't really in love with that guy they were fighting over initially, because now they're banging Bond, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. But I what, don't know, that whatever. Was just... I like that as they leave, they're like, oh, whatever, whatever, like saying something to him. And they're probably just saying, oh, come back and shag us later as he leaves. I figure that's what they're saying. You think that's what they were saying? They were kind of gushing over him. So I, that's probably what they were saying. I... And we close out the scene with Kareem Bay and Bond um, using the Kinder Surprise AR-7 sniper rifle because you basically assemble it mm -hmm. on site to kill Kirilenko. Just kind of a cool cue gadget. That's all. I guess I do have something to add to that. She should have kept her mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> fair. That's a fair reaction to that. I just, again, I was very confused by a lot of this movie, and that whole, like, that whole storyline could have not existed. Yeah, the gypsy thing, like, didn't need to happen, I guess, unless they really felt the need to kill Curling. But that guy could have not existed. True, yeah. And the storyline still would have held, so he's just... 
sort of a side story that I think they just want to have a girl fight. Excuse for a gypsy fight. Yeah. Gypsy lady fight. Bond finds Tanya in his hotel suite and they have sex. The sex. They have the sex. Neither aware Spectre is filming them. Tanya brings the consulate floor plans to the Hagia Sophia and Grant kills the other Bulgarian to ensure Bond receives them. Using the plans, Bond and Kareem steal the Lecter and escape with Tanya above the Orient Express. Kareem and Bond subdue a Soviet officer named Benz, tailing them. Grant kills Kareem and Benz, preventing Bond from meeting up with one of Kareem's men. Back at Bond's hotel, Bond makes a fuck ton of work for housekeeping by dis- by discarding his clothes all over the fucking hotel. Like, he, like, leaves a jacket here, leaves his pants there. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, at one point, he throws off his shirt in the bathroom, and he's kind of like, throws it. And then you're like, why don't you just undress in one spot? Why is it housekeeping's responsibility to collect the clothes? He's not going to fucking clean up after himself. There's no way. I can get that, but I wrote, Bond gets back to his hotel for a well-needed bath. He also leaves the water running to go have sexy time with Tanya. In his defense, he didn't know what was going on. True, but he left the water running. I know, I can't deal with water running. Even between rinsing my toothbrush, it needs to be shut off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So apparently Clev is a sex tape director. We had no idea that was her, like, alter ego. Yeah, it's a weird moment. Like, he hears the noise, he doesn't know what's going on. He goes into the room, and there's Tanya in the bed, just waiting for... For him? Well, I think she was trying to, like, make a bunch of noise. And then when he came, she, like, hopped back into bed. But it's like the whole point of having him on the case was just that they would have sex immediately when they met. I guess so. That's weird. Immediately. Like, immediately they sex it up. They're like, hey, how are you? I'm Tanya. I'm Bond. Let's get down to business. Yeah, She looks incredible in that blue dress. Um, I said that, too. Yeah. She looked amazing. That was her, I Probably, think, best look. Yeah, it was definitely her best look in the whole thing, yeah. for sure. Bond is there with his like super cool sunglasses and would, gray suit. Uh, I think you borrowed those sunglasses from Felix. They were not that bad. They were closer to like a Ray-Ban thing. They weren't great. They were not a cat's eye glass. They were more like a Ray-Ban. Admittedly, but... He just probably saw Felix's sunglasses and was like, I really like those, but couldn't find the exact pair, so this was the closest he could get. Completely disagree. So Grant kills the agent known as Benz, the Bulgarian agent, which I, again, don't remember that um, that being mentioned. I don't understand how they managed to do all that sneaking and killing with a group of tourists standing three feet away and nobody noticing anything. They're just that good. Or the tourists are just that oblivious? Maybe. You thought it was part of the tour? Back at Bay's place, uh, Bay warns Bond of getting attached, sort of, in a, in a sense. Uh, basically saying, oh, she's playing you, and but Bond is playing her too. So, not really sure how that's going to shake out. I read that as a really gross bro moment, where they're like, oh, be careful with her. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. She'll do anything I want. Well, a bit of that too, but he also did kind of warn him. Sort of indirectly, I think. He wasn't in it. He was just doing it for work. Well, basically saying he was going back for more than just work. He's going back for fun as well. Oh, well, it's Bond. On the ferry, uh, he's got that really cool camera that doubles as a recorder. Uh, saying, keep it technical. Because basically he knows that M and everybody back at MI6 are going to uh, be listening. And then Bond slips in that really fun sort of like, oh... Like that time I was in Tokyo with M. Yeah, he shut that down pretty quickly. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Bond was rocking a hat in that scene. He was, yeah. Yeah. Sean wears a lot of hats as Bond, actually. I really liked it. I think they should bring hats back, but not like baseball caps. I was always worried I'd lose my hair if I wore a hat. How'd that go for you? (laughs) Not great. I haven't really worn a ball cap since 1994, and I'm still a freaking bald, so whatever. When Bond first gets there, Tanya's clearly terrified. She doesn't want to be seen with him. She's scared of who's going to see them. And he doesn't care. He's just, like, talking to the camera. Yeah, yeah, he's just, like, pushing for his information that he needs, yeah. I don't know at this point if she's actually into him or if she's just playing him. I feel like she was actually, like, had fallen for him. Mm. Um, so she's basically saying, just save me from this. Take me away from it. 
At the Russian embassy, I like that Bond very sort of coolly walks through all the exploding shit uh, on his way to finding the Elector. I agree. He was very cool in that moment. He knows it's going to explode and asks them if their clocks are right because he feels like the explosion is a couple seconds off. Everything explodes. The look on his face. He was laughing. Yeah, basically. He had this smirk on, like, this is the best time I've ever had in my life. It was just great. He, he sort of strolls through while everybody is in, like, a mad panic running around, and he's just like, on my way to the lector, whatever. So Bay gets Tanya and, and Bond through the sewer uh, and onto the train. Mm-hmm. Onto the train, they're disguised as a married couple, and <laughs> she suggests, oh, 12 children. And he says, no children. As he is likely going to employ his fuck him and chuck him policy, as we've learned from the first film. So Tanya's super excited to be going to England. I think yeah. she was legitimately terrified. So she's really happy with that. Unfortunately, Bond bought her some clothes and she was incredibly psyched about that, which is just so like a one-dimensional woman's character. Yeah, and then Bay comes into the room and says, Charming. Three times to Tanya's dress. He like was super creepy. One time is probably okay, but three, I feel, is a little bit much. Maybe pump the brakes a bit. It was a bit much, which I really like that character. I really like Kareem Bay, but at that point, you're like, eh, you're, you're a bit much. So they go over to the other uh, train car where the Russian agent is hiding or, or chilling out, and they decide that restraining him with a suit jacket and relying on the single top button of that suit jacket being enough to restrain him long enough for Karim to bore him to death with stories of his life. (laughs) Well, I have gotten myself stuck in a sweater once. It was hard to get out. Mm. But I do like how uh, Bay and Ben's the Russian agent apparently die of an accidental double knife fight accident. That Uh, was just, really, that's the best scenario you could come up with. Seems rather unlikely. I don't know. So Bond finds out that that has all happened and decides to slap Tanya around for a little bit while she says that uh, she loves him. Yeah, he comes, after he finds out that Kareem's dead, he comes back into their suite on the train and he's acting really weird when he comes in and then smacks her around. She keeps telling him, I love you, I love you. And really, that seems premature. Yeah, it's, it happens a little early in the film, I think. Also, see Spectre. I don't recall any of it. We'll get there. But yeah, it just kind of bothered me that he immediately thought of hitting her. and Like, he knew that more than likely she was double-crossing him. Yeah, so why get all so, excited about it? She didn't kill him. He knows she didn't kill him. Is slap candy a word? I feel like that's how they sort of treated her character in this. Slap candy? Yeah. Like arm candy? Yeah, basically, basically, yeah. It's not great. At the Belgrade station, Bond passes word of Kareem Bey's death to his son and asks for an agent from Station Y to meet him in Zagreb. Grant kills Nash, sent from Station Y, and poses as the agent. After drugging Tanya at dinner, Grant overpowers Bond, taunting him that Tanya believes she was working for Mother Russia and reveals his plan to leave the compromising film of Bond and Tanya with a blackmail letter staging their death as a murder-suicide to scandalize the British intelligence community. Bond tricks Grant into setting off the booby trap on his attaché case and stabs him with a concealed knife before strangling him with his own garrote and flees with Tanya in Grant's getaway truck. I like how that Bond is sort of known as the gentleman spy and he gives kareem bay's son bay's belongings so i just thought that was a pretty nice little bit to include in the film it is yeah that was a nice moment hmm. grant posing as nash keeps calling bond old man oh, oh old man ha <laughs> you're old i would stab him for that alone that was really getting on my nerves yeah i actually think that scene where he gets off the train is on the platform and meets the son was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie and it's just that feeling of it being sort of dark and there's a steam from the train and it's kind of creepy i don't know what it is but it just gave it sort of that bit of atmosphere yeah a bit of atmosphere it was just a really nice scene uh, with that kind of creepy sad sort of feeling to it i really enjoyed that when bonnie gets back on the train and they're gonna head to dinner he i think he's obviously suspicious of grant and so I agree. I think he was suspicious right off the bat. Yeah, he grabs the gun, and they don't show it, but he obviously rigs the case, and then goes off to dinner. 
I think there was this uh, moment where Nash introduces himself and gives him his card. Mm. And Bond made a face there. I didn't like, catch the face. The giving of the card was really weird. And he sticks it in his suit pocket or his jacket pocket. And right there, that's where you think, okay, he's on to him right away. But as Bond challenges uh, Grant back at the train, back at the train room after Tanya's passed out, and he's like, oh, he pulls the gun on him, and they have that little moment, and then he decides to trust him, but then falls for the oldest fucking trick in the book, and he's like, oh, look closely, and then Grant knocks him out. Like, it's just bad. So let's go back to going to the, the car for dinner. Okay. They're ordering fish. Yep. They all ordered fish. Uh, Bond orders some wine for himself and Tanya. And then Nash orders Chianti. Yep. And they say the red or the white. And he orders red. And Bond's like, no way. That is completely ridiculous. And I agree. I mean, who orders red wine with fish? I mean, who orders fish? That's my question. Admittedly, we had sushi with red wine last night. Uh, so maybe we're not yeah, yeah. Judge. Turns out we're double agents. <laughs> to go back to that, I actually was not aware that Chianti came in both red and white. I thought it was just red. I know nothing of Candy. So that, anyway, that moment shows Bond that this might be a double agent. Red flag. Not, yeah. He's not knowledgeable in of his wine etiquette. I like how Grant basically tells Bond that uh, Cleb is a sex tape director and that Bond and Tanya is her first subject. The fight in the, in the train car was pretty cool. Like the very close quarters yeah. fight was nice. I thought that was an, a cool scene as well. But... Grant falls for the oldest trick in the book. I know. Could I have one last cigarette? Like, come on. He he kind of sells him on the gold sovereigns, right? When he tells him he has the money, and Grant wants the money. We need to look into how much gold sovereigns are worth back in those days. I note. I don't know. Three hundred and eighty dollars today is what I found. I mean, I would probably take it before I fuck somebody up in modern times, but maybe not so much then. I have to point out though that. I know you said that sort of opening the briefcase would be pretty simple once you knew how. I agree. But I would have gassed myself <laughs> so many times with that. Like, just forgetting. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm not the greatest with stuff like that either, so... The fr- uh, it's one of those things I think I'd be like, oh no, I've got this. And then you're like, wait. I have Catches up this. or catches horizontal, I forget. Or I would just forget and open up my case. I would have to leave my case open at all times. Hmm. Yeah, I would forget. I would gas myself in the face. It would take me no time. I think that later on, Inspector in the Daniel Craig era is obviously paying tribute to the train fight. Um, again, we'll get to that shortly before No Time to Die comes out. Grant dies from his own groat, which Bond used to uh, strangle him. So it is sort of back to being a Bond gadget again. Mm-hmm. I like how Bond throws the old man line back at him after he yeah. him. Oh yeah, for sure. And I would have done the same thing. I probably would have kicked him in the face. He's like, fuck you, old man. Yeah, same. It it grew really tiresome really quick. After that, he goes and wakes up Tanya, or tries to, and keeps threatening her with abandonment. Yeah, he's a total dick to the drugged lady, so... It's not her fault that she's drugged, and honestly, I think she does better than I would do. I'm not drugged, and you try to wake me up from a deep slumber, and I don't think I would be, like, up and running. He sneaks her under a train while being completely fucking drugged. I have a million problems with that. (laughs) That is not safe. You don't crawl (laughs) under trains. Why did they have to crawl under? Why couldn't they go around the front? I got so stressed at that moment. I think the front was a long way away. Uh, I don't know. Or the back, also a long way away. Having watched Stand By Me, you never trust a train. Train! Oh, shit. now we know when the next train was due i don't remember that you decide to cross a bridge and they like oh yeah, yeah for the train yeah, yeah. and then turns out the train is actually yeah, coming. yeah. i remember that bit I, I, don't know. I thought somebody got cut in half by a train and i just don't remember it i have to do this weird thing about anytime i cross a train track on foot especially i have to stop and look both ways because that happens so much in your life well when i lived back home there used to be a train track like if you were coming home from the bar that you used to cross and my sister and I used to actually stop and then look both ways. And then look both ways again before we crossed. Like, you wouldn't see the train that close up. I feel like they come out of nowhere. <laughs> I'd be more worried about leeches. Stand by me. 
Yeah. I think that was the most stressful moment for me in the entire movie was them crawling under the train. Hopefully they had stunt doubles. Or the train wasn't on. So Bond then overpowers the truck driver and chucks Tanya in the back with the flowers. Comfy ride. Probably the most comfortable ride on that truck. Did he put the tailgate up? Was there a tailgate? I feel like there was no tailgate. Hmm. Have you ever ridden in the back of a truck? Yes. With a tailgate and no flowers. And very bald tires. A lot of fish tailing. I remember doing it in the 80s. No, this was like 99. No, I remember like being a little kid and I think my dad's truck had a truck cap and we had to ride in the back a couple times. Safely concealed in the truck cap. The time I was in a truck, the back of a truck, it was winter and there was fish tailing and it was a very heavily populated city with a fairly significant police force. But Why were you doing that? Fun. Okay. <laughs> Number one confronts Kleb and Kronstein for their failure. Kronstein is executed by the henchman Morenzi's poison-tipped switchblade in his shoe, while Kleb is given one last chance to acquire the lector, which they have arranged to sell back to the Russians. The only note of any substantial noteness that I have here is that toe switchblades were apparently real. Really? Yeah. With poison or just? Uh, I don't know about the poison, but the switchblade bit, legit. Following Grant's escape route, Bond destroys a Spectre helicopter, and he and Tanya steal Grant's boat. Pursued by Morenzi's squadron of Spectre powerboats, Bond detonates his own powerboat's fuel drums with a flare gun, engulfing the pursuers in a sea of flames. Back to the gentleman spy concept, I like that he uh, decided to cut the truck driver's um, belt that he had bound him with so he wouldn't drown. He's like, can you swim? And oh, and he chucks him off the boat? Yeah, and he's like, this way, please. He's really polite to him, and then he's like, see you the fuck later. And he didn't wait until they were in the middle of the sea before he chucked him in. And he didn't wait until they were going super, super fast either. He just kind of chucked him in before they got started. You're like, well, that's actually pretty gentlemanly of him. I think if the guy had half-decent swimming skills, he probably could have made it. Probably fine. What do you think of the helicopter attack? I don't really have a whole lot to say about the helicopter attack. It was, it was pretty legit. I don't understand why they didn't just keep gunning him down instead of, like, swooping at him. But other than that... I... So I had problems with Bond chucking Tanya in the bed of the truck. Mm -hmm. And then when the helicopter attack happens, she was clearly not safe. She's just lying in the back of the truck, totally open. But I have to give it to him. He actually put himself in danger by acting as a decoy and having the helicopter follow him as she sort of ducked for cover. So I thought that was pretty good of him. And then he actually manages to get the helicopter to explode. There's a crazy chase with the boat. So once he chucks the, um, who is it that he chucks in the water? The truck guy. Once he chucks the truck guy in the water, they have this crazy chase where he explodes the barrels to escape, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty good scene. Um, I think it would probably work fairly practically. No issue there. I did notice that uh, Tanya licks her finger to see which way the wind is blowing, which you're not sailing. I don't really think anybody cares. It gives a rat's ass which way the wind is blowing. Um, My question, though, is where did he get the captain's hat? I can't remember. Does he pack it in case there is a boat chase sequence? Does he just bring it in case? Did the truck driver have a captain's hat maybe and he took it off of him? I don't remember either and I just, when he got on the boat and had the captain's hat on, it gave me a good laugh. And then we get the bit where he says, there's a British saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. No smoke without fire. Why does everyone keep saying that? What about uh, smoke machines? Is that a British saying? I'm not sure. I feel like it's just a saying. Bond and Tanya reach a hotel in Venice where they are attacked by Kleb disguised as a maid. She tries to kick Bond with a poison switchblade shoe, but Tanya shoots her. Their mission is accomplished. Bond and Tanya depart on a romantic boat ride, and Bond throws Grant's blackmail film into the canal. There is a lot to unpack in this scene. I like when we first see Rosa Klebb, the Tanya mouths, Rosa Klebb. I didn't notice that. <laughs> it, yeah, she totally does. In case the audience doesn't recognize her super elaborate disguise. So she's like, Rosa Kleb. She did look, she looked less stern in the maid's outfit. I guess. The maid's uniform. Yeah. But we do learn that toe spikes are completely useless against a lion tamer's chair. I'm sorry? Was We do learn that toe spikes are completely useless against a lion tamer's chair. He's basically using the hotel chair in uh-huh. another granny suite 
as a sort of line tamer's approach to keeping Cleb at a distance. It's all he had. Well, still, a bit of line tamer moment. So yeah, they have this moment where Tanya and Bond are being super cute, and then Bond jumps on the phone, Cleb enters the room. She's trying to get the lector back. Yep. That lector is really popular. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the Tickle Me Elmo of the 60s. Everybody needed one. Uh, I don't know how many listeners are going to remember the Tickle Me Elmo phenomena, but whatever, yeah. Everybody remembers the Tickle Me Elmo phenomena. I try to forget it. You remember it. I try to forget it. It was like the 2000s? I'm thinking 99s. Maybe. Maybe 98s. But it's really popular. Everybody Mm. wants one. It's no longer available through this year's catalog. (laughs) Vaughn delivers a great one-liner. Oh, she had her kicks. Yeah, that was a bad one, actually. Kind of groan-worthy. I actually think that Cleb should have been referred to as Red instead of Grant. That would have felt more appropriate. Yeah, maybe. So they have the fight. Cleb gets killed. For a minute, it actually looks like Tanya might be like a double agent and might be actually siding on the Russian side. Yeah, I think for dramatic purpose, they made it look like she was trying to decide who she was going to shoot. And as sort of needy as she's been with the whole I love you, I love you, and having Bond sort of save her, she does Step she up. does kind of make up for it in that scene when she like bursts back into the room, Cleb, and then she ends up shooting her. Yeah, no, it's good. It's sort of nice that they've sort of brought her back to a position of well, she's usefulness. Sort of, yeah, like her worth is shown there. Yeah. I don't see her through any of the movie as a strong character, but in the end, she has her moment. If she was a strong character, she would have been a strong character leading up to her recruitment, I think. You don't see any of that? No. It actually doesn't really show why they recruit her. She's hot. Other than that, though, you don't see like what her mm. skills are or anything. Yep. So, Club is dead. Sexy time, sexy time in the boat. The lector's safe. It's sexy time in a boat, as is a very typical Bond. Out of two movies. Oh my god, there's a lot of boat sex in this. In general, I think in the Bond movies there's boat sex and there's skiing, which we haven't seen yet, but I do remember it from other movies. Not far off, we're getting there. So a lot of boat sex, but they're on the boat, they start getting frisky, it should have ended right there. Yep. But instead, there's this weird moment (laughs) where they start making out, they kind of sink to the bottom of the boat, you see a hand come up with the film. Yep. Which you can only assume is the hotel room film, their sex tape, where... Cleb's swan song. (laughs) 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 Where Bond unfurls it and chucks it into the river. Should have ended there again. He didn't really unfurl it so much as he sort of like wound up for the toss is what I got out of that. A slow wind. So maybe he wound up for the toss, chucks it into the river... Another great place to end it. But they threw in the fucking wave, and it's cheesy as shit. The wave is awful. Yeah. And. How was his manicure on the wave? I didn't notice his manicure <laughs> there. I actually noticed his manicure again when he kills Grant, and then like turns his head or something, and you can see his hand really nicely. No, I, thought I didn't he, bring it up. I thought maybe he took a second to file. No, he had a really nice manicure there, but I didn't notice on the wave. But yeah, I feel like the movie's pretty good. I mean, it's confusing as all hell, but overall I really enjoyed the movie, but that wave at the end really just... They put together a great film. I don't know, maybe we just aren't good at picking up on little details, but there were some things that I missed. But the wave at the end, yeah, it really takes it down a peg for me, I think, which I think is on us as the audience to sort of let one moment do that to a film like let it go yeah just let it go um i think some people might appreciate it more than others but i just for me it was it's dumb yeah i didn't like that at all and it's just frustrating when it's the last scene in a movie because obviously the first bit and the last bit is what sticks in your head the most yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah for sure so overall what were your thoughts on the movie i liked it i think it's sort of I really enjoyed it. I think it it probably doesn't have as many sort of classic moments, classic film moments that Dr. No has. Like Dr. No would be like a classic, like a classic film, which, you know, has a lot of great moments in it. I think Mm -hmm. this has a lot of great Bond moments, but I think um, Dr. No has more great classic film moments that are sort of more universally known. Yeah. 
I like the movie. I don't, I'm not good at paying attention at movies. I get lost really easily because I'm not paying close attention to things. But I did enjoy the movie. Again, I thought it was really entertaining. There are some problematic parts. There's violence against women and things like that that go on. But overall, I did think if you can kind of, again, remember the times yep. and sort of as bothersome as it can be, kind of gloss over that part, you can actually find the movie pretty entertaining. Really confusing to me. There was too much going on. I'm not a great movie watcher, though, so maybe that had a lot to do with it. I think, too, in terms of the violence against women thing, it is like also that she is a secret agent herself employed by in what would be considered an enemy government of most of the film watchers yeah which kind of makes it slightly more okay but as a general theme it's not great well goldfinger's next so is that better and the whole thing with pussy galore in the stables it's not great well we have that to look forward to yay on our next installment (laughs) how did you find i guess a villain in this because theoretically i think grant okay so how do you find Grant as a villain? Pretty capable. Like the, I think he was a good equal to Bond. They're both totally duped by obvious plays at each other, but whatever. He held his own against Bond in the fight scene in the train. I think I would have liked to see a little bit more between them, but it was fine. I don't see him as a super villain like Dr. No. No, He's but He's a that's, little bit more a henchman. Yeah, he definitely is a henchman because, number one... Blofeld. Being Blofeld, yeah, um, is sort of like the, the mastermind behind it all. But he's oddly still not really the villain of the film because you, even if he's the mastermind behind it, there's he's barely, moving the chess pieces, right? He's moving the ch- yeah, that's a good way of saying it. He's yeah. moving the chess pieces, but he has no direct interaction with Bond. Hmm. So I think he comes up later, does he? Yeah. So I I did think that Grant, in terms of a soldier, did a good job, but yeah. I don't think he was really a match for Bond at any point. Well, like Bond did get the better of him in the train, but I think you know. He's almost a match for Bond. He was a match for Bond's double in the first scene. (laughs) He was a match for Bond when Bond didn't know what he was doing, like when he was picking people off and saving Bond's life. Yeah, that's true. But then once they got face-to-face, I feel like he was on to him in the first first interaction almost. Mm. It's kind of weird to think that they would just get somebody to do all of the legwork and then take the lecture. I guess they needed someone to steal it. And it's like, we're going to do all this bit, but we couldn't really be bothered because we're not that great at our job, so we're going to just get him to do the work and get the drop on him towards the end. Getting someone else to do the work is just basically what happens every day in everyone's life. So, do you have a favorite moment from the movie? I guess the train fight. It seemed pretty legit. There was one moment where, like... (laughs) Bond went to dive on Grant and Grant like moved out of the way that was like I just immediately thought of Austin Powers when he's like oh I fell over other than that I like the train fight <laughs> I do not recollect the moment you're talking about and just in the train fight uh, I like the train fight as well I think my favorite scene was when he spoke about it earlier when he stepped onto the train platform meeting Kareem's son and just sort of the atmosphere of that scene with it being very dark and kind of creepy almost the steam from the train coming up and it was just that old-timey feeling like the detective old-timey feeling plus too you have grant sort of lurking in the background listening to the cues and and seeing what they're saying for code words and, and that kind of thing maybe i listened to too many or watched too much murder she wrote but that just felt like a I don't know, like that creepy scene where you're like, ooh, something's happening now. Well, I don't think they set the scene not unintentionally, so yeah. yeah. For sure. I I did really like that scene. Mm, That was a good scene. I I did, again, like the fact that they're like, oh, here's your father's things, and he he hands them off to um, Kareem Jr. So I guess that's it on our uh, review of From Russia With Love. That's it. Cool. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I just keep thinking Romanov. Just say Tanya. Because of um, Scarlett Johansson was Romanov. In what? All the Avengers. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and it'd be great if her name was Titania Romanov. I'll have to look that up. Tatiana Titania. <laughs> <laughs> Titania. <laughs> 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 okay.
are you though? I don't feel like you are. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, Tatiana had to think of her touch spot. I can't stop saying it. I just think of I just think of Tatiana Ali from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's great. Think about her. Yeah. Bon finds Tanya and fuck sakes, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is gonna be so hard to say. No, you're fine. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at another James Bond Podcast. And you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com.